the St. Thomas the Doubter podcast. My name is Mark, and I'm the pastor of the Congregation of St. Thomas the Doubter, an independent ecumenical congregation for all people that embraces holy doubt, the importance of grace, and the power of solidarity in community. You can find out more about our congregation online at www.stthomascongregation.org. This podcast offers the scripture lessons and sermons from our Sunday evening services. In the future, it may also be a place for conversation and discussion on various issues of religion and faith. This is episode 8, and is from the service for April 16th, 2023, the second Sunday in Easter. The scripture lesson is Luke 24, verses 13 through 35, and the sermon is entitled, In the Breaking of the Bread. We hope you enjoy the episode. The scripture lesson for tonight comes from the 24th chapter of the Gospel according to Luke, verses 13 through 35. Now, on that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, What are you discussing with each other while you walk along? They stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who doesn't know the things that have taken place here in these days? He asked them, What things? They replied, The things about Jesus of Nazareth who is a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it's now the third day since these things took place. Moreover, some women of our group astounded us. They were at the tomb early this morning, and when they didn't find his body there, they came back and told us that they'd seen indeed a vision of angels who said he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they didn't see him. Then he said to them, Oh, how foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have declared. Wasn't it necessary that the Messiah should suffer for the, suffer these things and then enter into his glory? Then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them all the things about himself in all the scriptures. As they came near the village to which they were going, he walked ahead as if he were going on. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, because it's almost evening and the day is now nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. And when he was at the table with them, he took bread, blessed it, and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, Weren't our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening the scriptures to us? That same hour they got up and returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven and their companions gathered together. They were saying, The Lord has risen indeed, and he's appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he had been made known to them in the breaking of the bread. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So 
I am one of those people who are terrible with names. Uh, I can't tell you how many times I'll meet someone where they'll come up and say hi, and I'll be gracious as I can be, but I'll be thinking the whole time, where do I know this person from? It is frustrating, especially when you do what I do for a living. It requires extraordinary effort for me to remember names. I have even experienced that embarrassing phenomenon of being in mid-conversation with someone and realizing that they are, in fact, someone other than the person I had begun, the, I thought I had begun the conversation with. Oh, that's where I know him from, I'll think to myself. And then I scan backward and pray that I hadn't called this person by some other name than the name I am now fairly certain is theirs. Now, maybe the two disciples on the road to Emmaus have the same defect I do. Maybe they were walking along, talking to Jesus on the road, listening to him explain the law and the prophets, and they're thinking, where do I know him from? Maybe it was in the middle of the meal that they suddenly had an epiphany. One of my favorite Jesus movies is a movie called The Miracle Maker. It's a claymation story of the life of Jesus. It's actually quite good, and it's one of the few Jesus movies that doesn't brand Mary Magdalene as a prostitute. And in the treatment of the road to Emmaus story is really well done in the film. In the film, Jesus always has this habit of raising high the bread over his head whenever he blesses it. And at the meal in Emmaus, when the, Jesus takes the bread, he raises it high over his head. And at once, the two disciples realize who he is. That's where we know him from, you can imagine them saying. Now, it's something of a mystery as to why Jesus is not recognized. In John's gospel, Mary Magdalene does not recognize Jesus at first either. She imagines him to be the gardener. And yet we know that Jesus is recognizable. His hands and his feet bear the marks of the nails. His side bears the wound of the spear. And yet something prevents the disciples from recognizing him at first. Now, neither Luke nor John provides much, much explanation for this, apart from Luke's, their eyes were kept from recognizing him a passive voice construction that usually implies that God is behind the activity. But however it is that the, Jesus, that the disciples are unable to recognize him, Luke is clear about how it is that Jesus is known. Jesus, quote, had been made known to them in the breaking of the bread. But something makes me suspect that the way Jesus is known in the breaking of the bread goes to more than whether he simply held the bread high over his head while blessing it. Perhaps first we need to ask what it means to say in the breaking of the bread. And the most obvious answer, perhaps, is in the communion. We can see the connection between the meal at Emmaus and the Last Supper, at Emmaus, Jesus' actions are described as a four-part process. He took bread, blessed bread, broke bread, and gave it to them. It's the exact same fourfold part, four-part sequence that we read about in the telling of the Last Supper. Then he took a loaf of bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And he did the same with the cup after supper, saying, this cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. It is language that is preserved to this day in our communion liturgy 
as we recount the story of the Lord's Supper. And so it is appropriate, of course, that in the breaking of the bread should apply to the communion. Since the very beginning, we have been proclaiming that Christ is present in the bread and wine of the communion, that we know Christ in the Eucharistic meal. Now, not all Christians have agreed on the manner in which we encounter Christ in the communion. Catholics believe in the unseen substance of the bread and wine, transubstantiating into the substance of the body and blood of Christ. Protestants, we often think that Catholics think the bread and wine actually turns into flesh and blood in the stomach or some such thing. They don't. It's a lot more complicated and requires an understanding of Aristotelian metaphysics to understand Some Protestants, Baptists and Presbyterians among them, believe that the Eucharist is a memorial meal only, and that Christ is present in memory. Lutherans believe that the resurrected Christ is present in the Eucharist because the risen Christ is present everywhere. Methodists, well, Methodists do what Methodists do best. We say, we don't know how Christ is present, but we believe that he is. Charles Wesley, brother of John and prolific hymn writer, writes in one of his hymns, Oh, the depth of love divine, the unfathomable grace. Who can say how bread and wine God into us conveys? How the bread his flesh imparts, how the wine transmits his blood, fills the faithful people's hearts with all the life of God. Sure and real is the grace, the manner be unknown. Only meet us in thy ways and perfect us in one. Let us taste the heavenly powers. Lord, we ask for nothing more. Thine to bless, tis only ours, to wonder and adore. In the breaking of the bread of communion, Christ is made known to us. And yet there is more to it. See, for the communion is not simply something that Jesus invented that last night in Jerusalem with his disciples. The Last Supper was a Passover meal, a Seder, a reenactment of the Israelites' exodus from Egypt. And Christ not only borrowed the rituals of the Seder, but the meaning as well. See, that means when the church celebrates communion, it observes Passover in its own way. Now, some of our churches like to celebrate Passover seders, and they Christianize them for use on Holy Thursday. But there's no need to do that, since we already have a Christianized seder in the Eucharist. And when we celebrate communion, we are not only reenacting an ancient rite of the church, we are again proclaiming solidarity with the Jewish people as we witness together for human freedom from oppression. So Christ is known not only in the meal then, but in what the meal stands for, a commitment to freedom, to human rights, to God's deliverance from tyranny. In the breaking of the bread of liberation and human dignity, Christ is made known to us. Now, there are, of course, times that we break bread that have nothing to do with the sacrament of Holy Communion. Kathleen can tell us well, We used to eat all the time in in the campus ministry, and Christian congregations eat together a lot. And that eating creates a sense of community. And in fact, in order to eat with someone, you have to be in some degree of relationship with that person. And it reminds us that breaking bread creates community, and that in turn reminds us that Christ is known to us 
in community. Put the light on. It's why Jesus says to us, where two or three are gathered together, there I am in the midst of them. Not where one of you is gathered, not where some, you know, not where just when you're by yourself, but where two or three of you are gathered. See, Christianity is a communal enterprise. It's a shared experience, a faith that is meant to bind us to one another in fellowship and community. Far too many Christians think Christianity is an individual enterprise about getting your salvation, and that's the end of it. Luke reminds us that it's in the communal fellowship of the church, the church that breaks bread together, that Christ is known. Now, one of the most interesting things about the Emmaus story is that when Jesus and the disciples get to Emmaus, it says he walked ahead as if he were going on. I like this for a couple of reasons. It reminds me of the story of the walking on the water when Jesus approaches the boat and it says he was walking as if to pass them by. It's always my, one of my favorite details in that story. But we see here that he does not impose himself on his traveling opinion, traveling companions. They strongly urge him to join them for dinner. And in ancient Near Eastern culture, a guest was expected to renew, refuse an initial offer of hospitality until the guest or the hosts strongly urge the invitation, as Jesus' hosts do here. And so it's a reminder that Jesus is also known to us when we show hospitality. When we invite others in and are welcoming, we are welcoming Christ, breaking bread with strangers, inviting them into our community life, and making them no longer strangers but neighbors. It's a reminder that a polite invitation will not do. We need to make our offers of hospitality clear and unmistakable. In the breaking of the bread of hospitality and mutual concern, Christ is made known to us. Now, in the breaking of the bread has one last, but by no means least, interpretation to it. There's one other place in Scripture where the fourfold formula is encountered. We read, And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven, blessed and broke them, and gave them to the disciples to set before the crowd. In the story of the feeding of the 5,000, we encounter the same pattern. And it is worth noting that that story is an injunction to Christians to feed the hungry, to address the problems of hunger in our world. When we look at how the disciples come to Jesus and they talk about the crowds needing to be fed, he says to them, you give them something to eat. And now Luke drives the point home, not only is tending to the needs of the hungry a Christian duty, but it is also a way in which we know Christ. In the breaking of the bread of mercy and compassion, of justice and service, Christ is made known to us. We did not have the happy privilege of being at the empty tomb or in the upper room when Jesus appeared to the disciples or among those to whom he appeared following his resurrection, we are left with the secondhand reports, the testimony and witnesses of others. Given all that, and given perhaps all the brokenness of the world, it can be hard to see Christ, perhaps I should say to recognize Christ in our midst. 
And yet Luke tells us how it is that we, removed by countless generations, can yet know the risen Christ. Christ is made known in the breaking of the bread, in communion, in fellowship and community, in hospitality and mutual caring, and in feeding the hungry. Perhaps we're still in the phase where we see all these things and we're yet thinking, where do I know this person from? But God gives us the grace to open our eyes and to recognize him in our midst. Thank you for listening to this episode of the St. Thomas the Doubter podcast. For more information about the podcast and our congregation, visit www.stthomascongregation.org. Thanks again, and we hope you will join us again soon. Thank you.